We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Pro teams have millions to spend, and they don't always spend them wisely. But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry with overpriced, underperforming products and decided to do something better. They found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of the other big brands, so you never wonder if you overpaid. Harry's shaving products look great, and the weighted handle makes shaving feel great too. I like to keep my beard neat, and Harry's always leaves me with a smooth yet crisp shave. Harry's quality is top-notch, thanks to German-engineered blades made in their own factory that stay sharp longer. You can get a five-blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover for just three bucks at harrys.com slash bluewire. And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set. We are breaking down all aspects of Yankee baseball. This is the Bronx Pinstripe Show with your host, Andrew Rotondi and Scott Reinen. Let's go. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Bronx Pinstripe Show. Rub the cobwebs out of your eyes, splash the cold water on your face, chug 10 gallons of coffee. The West Coast trip is over. Merciful, 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 I can't speak. Scott. (laughs) Try and say that word. It's not easy. I don't even know what the hell word you're trying to say, but Merc- yeah, mercifully, Coast- mercifully, yeah, that <laughs> the um the West Coast the West Coast trip is over. I swear to God, as you as as we as we get older, they become harder and harder, and my uh, my body shuts down. And I and I I still I still I try to stay awake for the whole thing. I really do, and I don't know why. I don't know why I do that to myself. And you know what, Garrett Cole doesn't help matters after giving up a uh, a three run shot. At least it was in the sixth inning, giving up a shot. But man, he did it again. He did it again. Just just when you think you can trust the guy. And I know my guy, IKF, booted an easy freaking ball that he needs to make the play absolutely 1,000%. But you know what? When the, when the opponent's best player, the MVP candidate that we're arguing against right now, and Garrett Cole not helping the case for his guy, Aaron Judge, throws a 98 mile an hour fastball down the gut and i don't give a shit how fast it's going anymore it doesn't matter Sh- uh, shohei otani is looking for that pitch absolutely puts a, a a you know a tremendous swing on it and and puts it over the center field fence and again Otani's- snake bit snake bit again in the inning three runs Otani. enough he killed otani killed the yankees twice he was the difference in in the two angels wins yeah, that's the frustrating thing with Cole, right? It's like seven inning start, three runs, two of them earned. You you look just at the numbers and you're like, okay, that's pretty good. That's what you want from your number one pitcher. And then when you realize, well, the other team's opposed the opposing team's best player beat him again. It's just so frustrating. I mean, on a mistake about- pitch. On a mistake pitch. Yeah. It was a it was a ball over the plate, way, way too much of the plate. It was put but it's a, a it's a situation where you're up two to nothing. Your offense is continuing to suck ass and not score anything. 
You are the team's ace. You are making the most money on the team. You cannot give up a three-run shot in that spot. You just can't do it. Maybe on the one hand, I understand it's unfair to get on Cole in this situation. What are you to do? What are you expecting to pitch a shutout every single time? You know what? Sometimes, yeah. Sometimes I expect him to just go pitch a shutout the same way I expect him to not get beat time and time again by Rafael Devers and the same way I expect him not to give up five runs in an inning to the Toronto Blue Jays when the team has finally had a lead a couple weekends back, okay? Sometimes you just need your best player to be the best player on the field. Yes, and it's not like our best player is not not uh, you know among the best players in the league. He is. He's supposed to be one of the best pitchers in the league. So at that point, I'm not looking at, do I want my guy to pitch a shutout? Okay, he's in that situation right now. He just needs to make a big pitch and get a big out for this. You know, at, at worst case scenario, not give up a three-run home run. Don't give up the, don't give up. How about we not give up the the big blow that gives the other team the lead? You have a 2-0 lead. Pitch, pitch like you, one, pitch like you're the better guy. But also, don't make mistakes over the plate to the guy that's looking for a mistake over the plate. Otani's walking up there. After getting brushed back, looking at the dugout, like, hey, do I need maybe it maybe it hit a fiber of my jersey? I wish it did. Would have been made things a lot better at that point. But he walks up there. You know he's looking fastball. You know he's looking fastball over the plate. And sure as shit, Cole gives him one on a silver platter that he tees off on. So it was a bad mistake pitch in a big moment. And and that that is you gotta break down the micro moments with him. I understand exactly. the, the the body the body of work is good and it's this is what goes back to uh, the, like a rod would drive me insane because the body of work was always very good great even but when you look at the moments and I know he's had moments this is a bad comparison I don't even know why I'm bringing it up right now but it, with Cole when we're in these big moments because this is what's going to happen in the postseason and does happen in the postseason he needs to be able to execute in those big moments pick his guys up or pick himself up or. You know, when the team needs, uh, you know, a guy to go out there and shove, he can do that. And right now, he puts the fear in nobody. I'm sorry, but he doesn't. Late and close? No, he puts the late fear. Late and close? He puts Garrett the fear Cole? in a couple of people. He puts the fear in me. Yeah, I guess so, in the fans, yeah. Dude, this the lead's down to six. I know. Five, five in the loss column. Okay, this is now, I was just pulling these numbers this morning. Their record... After the end of June was 56 and 21. That's a 727 win percentage. Their record today, this morning on September 1st is 79 and 52. That's still a 603 winning percentage. But that means in the last two months of baseball, July and August, they've gone 23 and 31. 23 and 31 over two months. This is not a blip. This is not a small sample. This is almost half of the season they've played under 500 baseball. Yeah. I, I I have no words for it. But so no, I'm it's done. No, no longer, uh, it's no longer just a a thing. I mean, it, it's been it's been no longer been a thing for a while now. But when you go two months, you know, as soon as you get into that two second full, month, two full calendar months, it's now yeah. September first, the last month of the season. So th- they have <laughs> this is a make or break month. Okay, you can't just say, oh well, get ready. They're going to get ready for October. They're just getting ready for October. Oh, this is now the time to get ready for October. You've got a month of baseball left, okay? Yeah, Aaron Judge is 10 home runs away from tying Roger Maris's Yankee record. That's all fun and dandy, but if this team continues to go 500 and limp into the playoffs, guess what? They're going to get bounced in the first round. Look, they are six games out again, five in the last column against Tampa. How many games are against Tampa left in the season? Six. Six games against Tampa. That is not a situation that I want to be be in at this point. That is not a situation that any of us thought this team would ever be in. When you that record that you said just now sounds like a a made up, you know, um, it sounds like a a a something that your father would have said at like the All Star break, like oh, you know, going ahead, this team is not that good. This is what I expect, and he was right. You know, this is this this is this is some like. You know, bottom, bottom, like very, very high end pessimistic uh, projections here, because after you watch what happened in the first half in a million years, you could not you you could not see this team doing the things that they've done because they've also gotten better on paper. And, And that is what is driving me insane. And I don't understand why this offense is doing the things it's doing. 
And you're right, about I to read did, a text from your father, yes. I'm not going to read the whole thing. He's had a very long exchange from him. A lot of capital letters, a lot of capital words. Goonie is capitalized. He capitalized oh, yeah, goon. Right, right. many, uh, pathetic, cannot, weakness, pathetic, loser. All those words are capitalized. But I just want you to read the last text for people. Can you can you see that? What I cannot that? read that. No, no, no. It's very pixely. So you're going to have to Okay. The last text sent, 7.05 a.m., two mm. words. Today. Go Tampa. Go to- oh, my God. <laughs> when, when he's completely lost his mind, he starts he starts rooting for the other team because what he wants. Because he wants the, ultimate pain. He wants, he wants, he wants ultimate pain. Yeah, he wants Boone fired, Cashman fired, everyone cleaned house. But I want to just close. We've gone down that road before. It doesn't happen. <laughs> it doesn't happen. If even, last year was an ultimate pain, they, right. they don't make changes like that. So if last when, year when it's the most obvious thing to do. If last year didn't cause that, then then I don't expect it. Although, if Boone you blow this, this division lead, if yeah. if they blow this division lead, you you can't bring Boone back. It's impossible. That you can't do. do but I no, know, but like you had a fucking fifteen game lead halfway through the season, and if you, you were blow that, one hundred and twenty wins halfway through. The I don't year. even care about the pace. Okay, you had a you had like a fourteen and a half game lead at, at one point. You you blow that. Like I'm sorry. You lose your job. Head's got to roll. Is this what is the worst blown lead in a division? That's what uh, this is where we need uh, Logan. Well, I know the Red Sox back in '78. It wasn't 14, 14 games. Yes, was it? it was. It was 14 games. It was exactly okay, 14, 14 games. games. There we go. But uh, and I know the Mets back in '08. I want to say or '07, '06, '07, '08. That time frame blew like an eight-game lead in September. Which yeah. was the, and the Red the Sox. Bra- remember the Red Sox blew. Yeah, like it was the, the Braves game and the lead? Red Sox both in the same year. I remember making a collapse or. Uh, uh, graphic with <laughs> with both of their logos in it. Can I close the loop on on the Cole discussion? Because uh, one thing, I'm looking at his Fangraphs page right now. 3.28 ERA, 2.98 expected ERA, 3.23 FIP, 2.85 expected FIP, 3.3 WAR. If you just would you consider those numbers a success for Garrett Cole? They sound like they sound like good numbers. Yeah. Yeah, the good no, not not Cy Young, not great numbers, numbers, but good numbers, good numbers. So the argument is not is Garrett Cole a good pitcher? We all know he's a good pitcher, and this frustrates me sometimes. I I, I see it from Yankees fans on Twitter, but I also hear it a lot from David Cohn on the broadcast where he's defending Garrett Cole because he's just using his overall numbers, and you can cherry pick any number to make your argument. But you are absolutely right in the micro moments, Garrett Cole lets the team down more than he picks the team up. And I'm not saying that's the end-all be-all because ultimately if he has a big moment in the postseason this year, then like you forget about all the regular season letdowns. But my feelings towards Garrett Cole is when it's a big moment in the regular season, whether it's an at-bat against Rafael Devers or an at-bat against Shohei Otani or a game against Toronto when the team is sputtering and they've got finally a lead and then he gives up five runs in, in the fifth inning. I, I constantly am getting let down by Garrett Cole. And and that's what is is ultimately my feelings towards him. When you have a number one pitcher who's your ace, and I know that, that word we've uh we've we've disagreed on in the past, but I, there's no disagreeing that Garrett Cole should be the ace. Prototypical, he's the guy, Hoss, like number one dude. What what we're not seeing is completion. Finish what you start. Finish Finish. That was always such a big emphasis for pitchers, you know, back in the day. Um, but but finish what you start, and and the finishing what you start uh, expectation has certainly gotten lower. Like get through seven innings. It used to be go nine innings, right. go eight innings. But it's like get through six, get through get through seven unscathed. But finish what you start. Walk off the field without giving up the without giving up the lead, without giving up the the, the big home run, without. Letting the team back in, like finish what you start, finish that start in a positive way. And it feels like more times than not, this guy is getting to that, that point, the precipice of his start and then giving it up, giving up the feeling of this is a good start. Even though the numbers say it, it's like that late letdown gives you that, that, that lasting, you know, bad taste in your mouth for him, even though his numbers are, are good overall. And that's it. It's the, it's the, not being able to put a full start complete in the books against the best competition until he he does it he does do it but there are 
more times than not. And at least my gut and my eyes and my brain are telling me that it happens more often than not because I am, we are critical of him for this often. Like this is not a storyline that doesn't it just, feel like every other time he pitches, we yes, are talking does. about this. Yeah. Yes, it does. And we, I mean, we looked back, I think the last episode of the episode before that in his start since the all-star break. And it was, there were multiple starts where he gave up this beginning and just couldn't finish what he was, what he was doing. Like he, he's not going into the dugout feeling great. It, 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 it doesn't happen very often. And when you, but to your point, Shohei Otani, best player on the team, Mike Trout, fine. You want to argue either way. One of the two of those guys, like you can't leave a meatball to him over the plate with two runners on in the sixth inning when you have a two run lead. You just can't do it. It's partially unfair that because the expectation everyone has for Garrett Cole is go pitch seven shutout innings. So when he goes and pitches seven shutout innings, which he has done, uh, he, he pitched uh, fantastic in his last time out against Oakland. Everyone's like, good. That's what you're supposed to do. Yeah, Oakland's and then a any team also anything less than that, he gets criticized for. So I recognize the hypocrisy. It's not though. If he gave but up you know one what? run, if he gave up two <laughs> runs, if he didn't give up a three-run home <laughs> run to Shohei Otani in the sixth inning to take the lead, yeah. uh, those, this is a, this is a situation that you need to come out of. Not you need to come out of it with the lead. Bottom line, you need to come out of it with the lead. If you're giving up a run in that inning, fine. You give up a run in that inning. But you cannot give up the big home run to their best player when that guy is 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 seeking a home a, a fastball over the plate, waiting for you to make a mistake, and he's gonna be jumping on it. That's that's exactly what happened. That situation is exactly how it went down. Yeah, you're right. And it's such a letdown for the team. Not that the offense has been doing anything anyway, but you're down now. Your your ace just gave up the lead and Pack it in. <laughs> Pack it in. What time's our flight? We got a long flight back to the East Coast sort of thing, sort of feeling. Yeah. And, and against the team that, you know, you, you look at Tampa, one, three in a row. Yankees just split a series uh, in Oakland, bad team, and uh, lost a series to Anaheim, bad team. Two bad teams on the West Coast. You you come out with a, a, a very negative feeling back, um, and now you're playing Tampa, who's on a hot streak and smells blood. This team smells blood. And I don't want this team has been injured all year long. And I know the Yankees are going through uh, a good spell of injuries in the bullpen. They they have the guys are coming back right now, but Tampa's also getting healthy. They're getting healthy at the right time and they're seemingly hitting their stride at the right time. This is a problem. This is a problem. A hungry Tampa team who knows how to win, who's been there before, uh, who has a coach, a manager that knows how to win, knows how to. What do we say about Kevin Cash? This guy knows how to get the best out of his team. And he's got, he's playing checkers and chess at the same time. Like he's got so many different things happening that, that, you know, a lot of their, their success and failure is off of his moves because he's doing so much. Bad, bad, bad place to be for the Yankees. Their, their back is, is literally getting against the wall, six games to play against Tampa, uh, up six in the standings. We'll see what happens. Like this is a nut. You want to talk about nut up moments? Back against the wall, like, okay, Yankees, yeah, go win the pressure, series in Tampa. Need some pressure to play well. Well, here's your pressure. Right. The, another moment would be if you take two out of three this weekend in Tampa. Th- there was a lot of talk, uh, especially around the, All-Star, <laughs> around the All-Star break, about um, not panicking, right? Like, Because the Yankees had sort of started to struggle before the All-Star break. Everyone was eyeing the trade deadline. I remember Giancarlo Stanton gave an interview uh, at the All-Star game. I forget who did the interview. It might have been Ken Rosenthal or something. And he said, you know, we just can't start acting like the wheels are about to fall off um, just because we've lost a few games. And like at the time that made sense, right? Like, okay, you went you went five hundred you went five and five into the All-Star break and it's like everyone relax. This team has still been the best team in baseball. But that just kept going on and on and on and on and on. Do you think because we've seen this from this team before that the lack of urgency these past two months because they had such a big lead, do you think that could have been a factor in in their play? I don't know, because at some point you start pressing and then you know you make things worse, which is possibly what happened too. You know, a, a spell of injuries came on the offense that didn't help matters in the off. No, I don't. But, but I don't believe but any of this bullshit. Yes, I, look, there's look, injuries. The offense is just not executing. Bottom line, I know that's there's it. A- there's injuries, but they got rid of Joey Gallo, the worst offensive player in the team. Added Andrew Benintendi, yes. who we, we all were like unanimously. And he's playing an amazing well. move, and he's been a lot better lately. They added Frankie Montas, who should be 
a, no, a clear number two pitcher. We're going to do a deep dive on his numbers yeah, in a bit. Dog shit. And, and they added two bullpen arms, which they, they desperately needed. So it's like, I know there's, there's been injuries. And I mean, even, even Efros has been injured. So fine. Like injury, but injuries happen. This team I'm not should saying still injuries have enough. are the problem. I'm not blaming injuries. These guys have enough to win and to at least play 500 plus ball. Right. Like they're that, 426 that, baseball over about. two months. 426. Yeah. It's not even 500. If you just went 500 these last two months, that's why you've point. had a nine. You'd have keep, a nine game lead right now or 10 game lead. Keep the, keep the status quo at least. And they're not even being able to do that because they're getting into such bad offensive slumps. The pitching is not the problem. Pitching has not been the problem all year long. The offense is what's given the problem. And it makes no sense to me. It just makes no sense to me because they are more balanced. They are less home run dependent. And maybe that's it. Maybe this team just has to hit home runs and it has to hit home runs all the time. Two of the guys are. <laughs> my favorite stats are like when the Yankees get home runs from Judge and Stan and Rizzo, they're they they win 98% of the game. Oh, really? <laughs> really? <laughs> Thanks. It's like, yeah, Tuesday. They they got homers from Ben and and Rizzo and Judge, and, and they won the game. Awesome. And, and you know <laughs> where Judge were the home had, runs last night? When Judge hit a three-run home run, it was beautiful. LeMayhu got on. Ben Intendi hits a hits a bullet line drive single, just like gets on beautiful. His swing looks really nice when it's when he makes good contact, he's got a really nice lefty swing. Um, boom, set the table, two outs, all the two outs. Aaron Judge comes up, boom, long ball. Like, you can't you can't plan that any better. That's exactly how it's supposed to go down. Set up, set up, two outs, two pesky hitters that can make contact, and then you, 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 you line up your big guy with two outs. All with two outs, that is some great baseball. Do that more, for God's sakes. That is how it goes down. You know, long fly ball, ball in the gap, whatever. Judge can get a single, not going to run. There's just so many good things can happen at that point, and, and you ha- you feel good as a baseball team. And I don't understand why they can't put more of that together. It makes no sense. Glaber's been not good since the All-Star break. Um, Donaldson has just not been good offensively. He's had a couple good spurts, but you're getting really not much from third base. Um and IKF has, you know, not he hasn't been good. Like at the end of the day, he he hasn't. He's he's hitting. I know he's oh, been. Now now you're saying IKF's not been good. He's been exactly what he's, he's been, been like fine. a week and he's a half been ago. Fine. But when you've been the exactly what he was in Texas, exactly. IKF is not a problem on this team. I know he's IKF not a problem. Has the been last night pissed me off. Yeah, that's a different story. Offensively, let me clarify. Offensively, IKF IKF has been almost exactly what the Yankees thought they were getting. Like yes. Down to a T, other than a couple more home runs, which frankly, you know, whatever. So he's going to hit one or two home runs this year instead of six or seven. Like, it's not going to make or break this team, right? Like, batting average wise, on base percentage wise, WRC plus wise, uh, he's been exactly what they signed up for. And when we when we were looking at those those clutch numbers, those high leverage numbers, he actually was one of the better offensive players on the team. LeMahieu right now is going through a long slump, okay? And there was a situation on Monday where uh, DJ did a safety squeeze with first and third and one out in the third, in the, uh, yeah, it was the third inning. And they scored the run, but then they walked Judge immediately after that, and then Ben Benintendi grounded out. Now, on the one hand, cool. It's it's another safety squeeze. We saw them do that uh, a few weeks back in in Boston, the game that you were at, and it worked, and that won them, won them, them, won them the game. And so you're thinking, okay, yeah, like, let's get a run. Like, any any way you can scratch across a run, this team desperately needs it. But it's the third inning with DJ up and Judge on deck. I don't know that that's the best situation to be pulling that safety squeeze. Now, I know I just said DJ's been in a huge slump. So at that point, I almost have to say he's either healthy enough to go up and try and hit in that spot or don't start him. Yeah, I mean, at the, at, in the at that point in the, at that juncture in the game, I'm not looking to safety squeeze with with Lemayu at the plate and Judge coming up. It's just not a. I'm still looking for an inning. I, what did I just describe? A two out situation where you had that guy set it up, get the get the big man up, not pushing a run over. Like you should have a lot of confidence for DJ Lemayu to go up there with his bat skills to get on base, to knock a single, to do like as good of an, I have as good of a feeling with him to do that than a safety squeeze. Probably like he's the guy that I, that I trust with the bat. So to your point, if he's not healthy and, and you don't have the, you don't think he has the ability to do that right now because something's up with his wrist or 
you know, whatever the, the case may be, if, if something is not right, then yeah, you need to, you need to sit him and let him get right. But right. DJ is one of those guys who's not going to, if it affects you in game like that, if that was the, and again, speculation on, on if that's the case or, or, or Boone is just trying something different with his best, his best bats of ball guy. Ever, <laughs> and, and the best player, the best offensive the best player on the player planet on deck. Like that. Deck. It, okay, fine. Trevino's up in that situation or IKF's up in that situation. That's a different story. This is, this, this is not the time to do that. That's not the game situation I want to be safety squeezing in. If it's the eighth inning or the ninth inning, that's a different story, but it's the third inning. So it's either that, which is just a bad managerial decision, or it's a situation where they need to actually pull DJ from the lineup. Because if, he, if you're changing your approach in your, in your play calls because a guy is not healthy enough, then that's a detriment to the team. Yeah, it's great that he's a gamer. Like, I love that. But at a certain point, you have to say, well, you're actually hurting the team by playing. And that's the manager's job. That is the manager's job to assess the team. He's a, he's a, he's a player's coach, right? He's a guy that, that can, that can uh, have good relationships with players to get some honesty out of them, understand when they're maybe not being as honest. This is, this is why he was here initially good communicator. So if you don't have that rapport, have that understanding, have that, that level of, of read on your guy, um, and, and are able to make a, a hard decision because of that, then, then you're not, you're effectively not doing your job. Yeah. Yeah. He ain't the best baseball strategist. We all know that. So if right. it's a matter of him just not being able to understand if a player is at a, at a, at a capacity to help the team or not at a capacity to help the team, that's a problem because that's supposed to be your strongest attribute. And we, I still have concerns over his in-game. Of course management. we all do. He's and, look, we, he, he, he got a lot of leash in the first half of the year. That leash is completely fucking gone. <laughs> completely <laughs> gone. All right. All of the things that we said that were nice about Boone probably were happenstance because the team was playing well great he got them we you know we were in the position where we we should have given you know given him the uh the 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 positive comments no longer no longer this is this is now a potential disaster situation to be honest if they blow a 14 game lead and which is which is absolutely on the table right now there's a month to play six games six games against Tampa six games up in the in the column Big time, big time possible. Big time possible with the way that this team is playing. Would you say 432? Yeah. If they if they run at that clip. 426, 426 for two months. They run at that clip and, and, so, and Tampa starts winning more games than not, going to be a problem. Toronto starts winning more games. They're only two back from them. Going to be a so, problem. So it's like you say blow. Do you legitimately mean they blow the lead or are you more talking about even if they scrape and claw their way, right? Like if they're playing games in the last week of the season, to try and clinch like in my mind that's almost a failure i'm i'm talking about lose the lead completely okay so it, you get what overtaken. about what happens if you end up which is by the way the, it's very much on the i table know it's right very now. much on the table it's a six game lead and you've got six left against tampa and a month of baseball to play and the team is playing like garbage yes it's very much on which the is table. the biggest problem <laughs> but what happens if they they end up just winning the division by two or three games which means it got very close towards the end and then they get bounced in the first round of the playoffs. Why? Why does that? Uh, in in my mind, that's just as much of a failure. I'm not saying that that's not a bad situation, but when you when you you cannot blow this lead to <laughs> to walk into the playoffs. Bottom line, like if you if you have it, you you are one of the first the top two teams. Okay, like all right, you know, forget about what the fuck just happened here. Forget about. I don't think this team can forget about collapse. it. But but that's what they have to do. I'm not saying what they need to, what they should do. That's what they have to do. If that situation happens, because that situation is happening right now. It's happening right now. You could say that this lead has gotten down to a point where they're, they're stressing about it. So whether it's two to three games or six games, five games in the loss column at this juncture, if they were to lose every single game to Tampa, then they would, then they would be, they would, there would be a problem. I know there's other games in between the second set. Well, they've got to be a problem. They've got three against Tampa this weekend, and then they've got four against Minnesota at home, and then three against Tampa at home, and then that's it for Tampa. So as of September 11th, they're done playing Tampa, and then after that, they've got three more weeks of baseball, three and a half more weeks of baseball after that because of the the lockout. So they've got, I mean, they don't finish the season until October 5th, and they, they finish the season with a four-game, three-day road trip in Texas. Yeah, with a doubleheader. On with a double Tuesday, on Tuesday, October fourth, they've got a doubleheader in Texas. That's how. And you oh, by the way, the 
you 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 look at the schedule early days. You're like, okay, you're ending with um, Pittsburgh, then Boston, Toronto, Baltimore. You're looking the last week of baseball, Baltimore, Texas. Hey, Baltimore's playing some goddamn good baseball right now, and you don't think that they are? They're probably going to be clawing for a wild card game at that point. They are going to be playing some very high level baseball and on high pressure baseball, highly motivated. Whether they are in striking distance of that wild last wild card, or if the Yankees are in a position where they could blow a lead and, and all, now all of a sudden Baltimore has has uh, has the ability to, to say something about that. That's that's plenty motivation enough for a young team in a division that's played much better than they thought. I don't even care about good team, bad team, motivated team, unmin- unmotivated team. The Yankees are their own worst enemy right now. So it doesn't matter who is on the schedule. They could have the, a freaking Little League team on the schedule and they're going to struggle because that's just how the team is going right now. And yeah, you couple it with you got to go into Tampa this weekend. Tampa is looking at it like these morons are coming back from the West Coast, having just dropped a series to to the Angels and split a series with Oakland. The, the, they're chopping at the bit to to get the Yankees at the trial right now. They are. Does Aaron Judge play every game in the outfield? Fucking better. Well, Dan play every game in the outfield. <laughs> I mean, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not here to slander Aaron Judge by any means. He has been the the. Luke Skywalker of this team, for God's sakes. And Playing this is the time hitting the ball. The, yeah, I know who Luke Skywalker is. This is this is this is this is you need him right now. I mean, you can't. I mean, I guess you could DH him and put Stanton in the outfield for a day. Like, fine, whatever. He's if been struggling. De- that's a guy that that needs to get going, and and maybe that is uh, that's exactly what he needs. Some more cowbell. Throw him in the outfield. <laughs> We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash Blue Wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash Blue Wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Pro teams have millions to spend, and they don't always spend them wisely. But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry with overpriced, underperforming products, and decided to do something better. They found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of the other big brands, so you never wonder if you overpaid. Harry's shaving products look great, and the weighted handle makes shaving feel great too. I like to keep my beard neat, and Harry's always leaves me with a smooth yet crisp shave. Harry's quality is top-notch, thanks to German-engineered blades made in their own factory that stay sharp longer. You can get a five-blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover for just three bucks at harrys.com slash bluewire. And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set. Okay, I want to talk about Motus because he's been obviously a disappointment since they acquired him. And he also gave up the, a big home run on Monday to Otani. So Otani has the most career home runs off of any pitcher off of Motus. He's seen him obviously a lot in the in the West Division. And, and he's just, he's just eating them for breakfast. And 
Montas had thrown him four splitters, and Otani Otani finally got that last one, which wasn't even a bad pitch. It was like a it was a, a splitter low and away, and it was some, a hell of a piece of hitting, to be honest. When when I saw that, I was like, "That's maybe a fly ball to the to like the warning track, like at most, like you you don't pull that pitch and hit it out to right center field, and that's what Otani did. So sometimes you got to tip your cap, but also. Best player beat you again. <laughs> like, like, well, you know, best. So the he knows, like you mentioned, he knows Montas. He knows his pitches. He was clearly working off of that splitter. Knows knows uh, that that's a pitch that he wants to get by him. But but I mean, that's just a that's a hell of a baseball player right there. That's a that's a it's a that is a tip your cap situation to Shohei Atani. I'm not even saying like yeah, the best player beats you, but that. That is why he's the best player on the other team is because he's beating you on your on your own accord. It wasn't a meatball over the plate, right? I, you know, ninety eight mile an hour fastballs are now meatballs because any fastball, no matter what the speed is. And so that was the difference in the Monday game. And Montes has been, like I said, a disappointment. Um, he's he's similar what, in the in fashion where he hasn't been able to finish a start. What what were your expectations for Montes coming in? Like, that's a very open ended question. Yeah. Like, what were you expect? Like. I don't know. I, I obviously didn't watch him a ton, but his numbers in Oakland were very good. I, I was expecting him to, to, I was not expecting this, what we've got, which just looks like a mediocre five inning pitcher. Okay. Like I was expecting him every single game he goes out there to pitch at least six innings and obviously not shut the other team out, but I, was, I thought they were adding another pitcher who's like, you can rely on six innings, two runs or less. Every single time, I thought we were going to get. Uh, a, a, I was expecting a guy that was that was electric, bringing some energy to the team, striking guys out. High, you know, good good velocity fastball, and and yes, is a complimentary number two guy that you can depend on, and possibly as close to a number one as you could get uh, on the market. You know, not named Luis Castillo, who obviously pitching has pitched like a, a number one. Montas was was. Clearly, the number two. Everybody knew that Montas was the the number two. If you're if you're comparing the two guys, but I definitely expected a hell of a lot more than what I'm seeing. I didn't expect him to be, you know, giving up giving up these uh, these starts and and not being able to finish them. Like that that has been the problem with him. He's come out there and given up a big home run. It seems like every time this guy has not pitched a clean um, a, a clean outing really since he's been here. So it's no his he, best. His expectations have not even come close to even like the lower end of my expectation level. He's been, I'll say it, the name Sonny Gray. Sonny Gray came over in the, and it's it's this, if you look at the situation, the similar situation are... came from Oakland, was a guy that we thought was going to be good, actually was good in the second half of the year. Sonny Gray was not the the Sonny Gray that we we know and hate uh, that second half of the year after the acquisition. He was good after he got to Yankee, uh, got to the Yankees after the deadline. It was the following year that we started to see the, you know, the smile and all of the just the horse shit stuff from him. He was actually pretty good when he came over. So uh, expecting a similar type of thing to him, ace potential, but solid number two. So Montes's starts for the Yankees. His first start was at the Cardinals, and that was right yeah. after he came back from the bereavement leave. And obviously, new team, knew everything. But he gave up six runs in three innings, and I think it was a, a five or a six run second inning, and it was that was the blow. And he was still working up in pitch count too and at this point. I, I completely threw that one out. Like, okay, you get him. Yeah. That's that's a that's a breakfast ball, right? Sure. First tee, you shank it into the woods, you get a mulligan on that one. He follows that up on August thirteenth. You were at that game in Boston, two runs over five innings. Uh, okay, okay, fine, but he just completely fizzled out in this start. Do you have and, his pitch count on that what you're looking at or no? Uh yeah, let me find it. His pitch count, I mean, he was getting to a point. That that's the other thing, is like he's getting to a point now where if he's finishing five, six innings, like okay, 78. 78. Well, again, so see, he was still working his way up there. So that's that was not really a factor. But yeah, he was fizzling at the end. Um came well, out. No, of he what remember that inning? The inning he had like yes. two walks and a wild pitch, or, or like yes. a, a hit batter and a wild pitch. It was just like yeah, he, he was, was like, all over he, he lost the strike zone. Completely lost it. Then he comes back, first start at, at Yankee Stadium against Toronto on August 18th and gives up six runs over six innings. 
And that was another big blow up inning early, but he did end up going six. So I guess you can argue, okay, he settled in after that, but like you give up six runs. Like, I'm sorry. I don't care what you do after that. You gave up six runs. You're going to lose the game. The Yankees lost nine to two. I would say his first good start for the Yankees was against the Mets on August 23 at home. He gave up two runs over five and two thirds innings, but he did, um, he did have six strikeouts. I thought his stuff looked the sharpest in that game. There was a stretch. I believe he struck out four or five batters in a row, but he had a stretch where it was actually like electric stuff. So that was the first time I'm like, okay, I see glimpses of what Montes is or could be. And then obviously this recent start in Anaheim, four runs over six innings, the big, the big, uh, big home run to Otani was the difference. And then, you know, what that amounts to uh, as pitching as a Yankee is a seven, 0.01 ERA over 25 and two thirds innings. Obviously, garbage numbers. So we we looked at like, okay, what what are some of the advanced stuff saying? Like, what is different between his time this season in Oakland and his time with the Yankees so far? And looking at Fangraphs runs above above average by pitch type, so they actually assign a run value to each pitch. I mean, it's just it, his, the two biggest things that stick out are his fastball which was pretty much a league average fastball in Oakland, has been minus 4.7 runs for the Yankees. His slider, which was his most valuable pitch, positive six and a half runs for Oakland, has been minus 3.1 runs for the Yankees. That's a massive swing. And his splitter, which was also a, a, a well above league average pitch in Oakland, uh, two positive 2.3 runs, has been barely above league average with the Yankees at 0.5. So it's just like his pitches, he's not pitching as well, like clear as day, not pitching as well. But what about the pitch mix? So with Oakland, his uh, his fastball usage was a little bit over uh, 26.6%. And with the Yankees, 27.6%. So he's throwing slightly more fastballs. And like I said, his fastball has been significantly worse uh, with the Yankees. His slider... Uh, he's throwing about 3% less with the Yankees. And his sinker, he's throwing 5% more with the Yankees. So is this just, this is how he's feeling? He's working. Like he did have that shoulder injury as well, right? Like he had that shoulder injury right I mean, before that, the Yankees that, that, traded that's for not him. A, that's not a uh, footnote. That that is, an important, that is an important piece of this, I think, to be honest. This yeah. man came back from... Um, Came back from an, a shoulder infl- shoulder inflammation, got a cortisone shot. I don't think they put him on the IL uh, at some point. They skipped starts. He came back after the All Star break. So this was a man that was working back up when traded for the Yankees. Brian Cashman looked over there and said, "Okay, give me that guy, the guy with shoulder inflammation, the guy that just had a cortisone <laughs> shot, the guy that's not, not <laughs> you really know, the injured guy. Yeah, I want him. Yeah, the I'm guy good. that by low, um, by low. Yeah, by low. That guy. I want that guy. That's the one that, who's coming." When when I see that and I see the 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 fastball, um, uh, the 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 fastball effectiveness go down to me that says in my head, okay, the fastball is not effective. Why not able to locate it? We've seen him have control problems. You're not able to locate your fastball for whatever reason, arm fatigue, soreness because you're working back up again. Then everything else that you're working off, because this guy should be working off of his fastball, which if you look back at the numbers from Oakland, he does quite often work off that fastball. The splitter is way more effective when you have a fastball that you can locate. If you can locate a fastball down in the zone and you're able to throw that for a strike and then you're able to throw an effective splitter, that is that is a nightmare for a a, a batter. You, you, You don't know what to look for. First of all, a fastball down in the zone, hard to handle. You have a splitter that looks like a fastball coming out of your hand down in the zone that just disappears on you very hard to handle that that is that is his thing he's able to to do that and and be a a very effective pitcher when you're not able to locate that fastball when you're up in the zone with that fastball up in the zone fastball does not affect uh, uh, allow you to throw that effective splitter because it doesn't look the same you're not throwing a splitter high in the zone you know that's a fastball coming so there's there's a lot of things if he's not able to locate that fastball if, if it's because of the arm or the shoulder and and we got damaged goods, knowingly damaged goods. This was not a guy. This is also a, a, a former PED guy. He's been popped for PEDs in yep. the past. 
He comes off of a shoulder injury, not even all the way back yet. This is two. Oh my God, I'm getting more pissed off as I talk about this. Cashman got two injured players at the deadline and gave up an effective, healthy starting pitcher who is dominating in the National League right now. That's what just happened. Harrison Bader, I don't know if he's coming back. Haven't heard much about it lately. Guys, you know, maybe out of his boot. I don't point. care at this point if he does come back, okay? You need Jordan Montgomery right now. But you, you could you're use, getting even if Jordan Montgomery was not going to be pitching to a one eight ERA for the Yankees, even if he was doing exactly what he he's was a doing three, for the five, Yankees. Three three guy, that's what fine. he's doing. Yeah, fine. fine. That's good. I know. You but need when that you're getting right now. If you're getting an injured Frankie Montas who's coming over, and clearly he's not right. This is not the guy that everybody thought they were getting. So if you're blaming New York, if you're blaming the pressure, I'm not. I'm not looking at that. I'm looking at a guy who doesn't seem that healthy, who can't locate a fastball, who then because of that can't locate or use his splitter to affect him this as he has been because he can't slider. locate the damn fastball. His slider has been not as effective because his fastball, like you said, everything works on the fastball. Another fastball thing is happened here. Are the, are the, that's the combo that he needs. If he has But his best pitch combo, was his slider. Go. His best pitch was his slider. Yes, that doesn't mean he works off of his slider, though. He's not saying he pitch, works off of his slider. But it may be the throw, most effective if, at that point, but you are set up by that fastball, which the, the splitter and the yes, fastball are looking the same. Yes, but also slider works off fastball. Splitter works off fastball. Okay, slider goes down and away from righty. Splitter slider goes looks, down. Slider looks different out of the hand. Splitter and fastball look the same coming out of the hand. That's the point. If you but can't if, effectively do that, then then it's then you're in trouble with everything else. Yes, I know that, but what I'm talking about is... If you have those three pitches, fastball, slider, splitter, you have effectively out pitches on both sides of the plate. Yeah. To both, to, to both righties and lefties. And right now he can't locate his fastball. Like you said, he's also last three starts oddly throwing his splitter way less. I know I just said he tried to throw it a bunch of times to Otani, but otherwise his slider percentage is down in his, each of his last three starts. Excuse me, his splitter percentage is down and his sinker percentage is up. So is this a case of the Yankees trying to tinker with guys again? Because this would not be the first time that the Yankees get a pitcher in the door and then they just like, oh, by the way, you're no longer doing this. You're doing this instead. I know this has worked for you for the past four years, but you're going to now throw sinkers more or you're not, you're going to now not throw your slider. The difference between his splitter and his sinker, I, I assume, is the horizontal movement on the sinker, similar to what they're doing with Holmes. So, you know, either they're, they, they, yeah, they're trying some different things. I mean, they're doing it with Trevino right now and it's working very well. So they've, yeah, I, you know, uh, Blake has a, a, a thing that he does with guys. They look for a particular thing and they believe that they can make it more effective by, uh, by tinkering with them a little bit. I, look, man, I, I don't know if, if that is, uh, if that is something that they are tinkering with and that's the reason why I, I go back to, I go back to fastball effectiveness, fastball location. If you're not able to do that, first and foremost, everything else is going to be worse. Like well, bottom line. But what was wrong with Montas this year in Oakland? Okay, it, in nothing. Oakland, he, his shoulder season, felt good until it didn't. No, but what I'm saying is, like, you're it, from from a performance standpoint, he pitched 19 times for Oakland to a 3.18 ERA, a 3.36 FIP, and he allowed opponents' batting average 233 and OPS 656. If you just got exactly that, what is wrong with that? Nothing. But he's, I, I'm, I'm more and more. I don't believe he's fully healthy. I, no, my, no, no, you're missing my point. If you're the Yank, yeah, the health thing is obviously an issue. But putting that aside, if you're bringing Frankie Montas in to change him from already a good pitcher, I don't necessarily agree with that. Trevino had been awful. So right. they're trying to fix Trevino. I see your I point. Get I it. see what you're saying. If but, you just get a carbon copy or even 85% of that, fans right now are like, okay, great. We got another good starting pitcher. If you want to tinker with him in the offseason and go into next year with a plan, fine, by all means. But you acquire a guy at a deadline. It's already hard enough coming into New York at a deadline. Okay? Fucking just go out there and do your thing, man. Well, I, I hear you, but I, I'm also saying that that may not be the case, just as, as simple as that. Again, like I, this is speculation, but but there's a lot of smoke here. <laughs> when you look at when he came over and and uh, the cortisone shot being what a month, a month and a half ago now, maybe there's maybe maybe the cortisone maybe he's not feeling that as much. But if you're if you're pitching the first half of the year and you're not 
and you're healthy and you're not feeling it and you're, you're throwing that mix and getting the results that you're talking about. Great. But when you come over and you're not healthy, you're working back up. That's when they're potentially trying to tinker with things because you're not as effective on the fastball as you were. Therefore, you have to do other things. So it's not a one to one if you're coming over. And when when he came over, he was still, you know, gearing up. And I know he was on bereavement leave and all that to the shoulder injury. Then he was out for for the bereavement as well. So there were a lot of things that that were working against him, yep. both physically and then just away from the game. Um, and it's almost like he was, you know, going back to like a little bit of a spring training. And and at that point, they're you know identifying what they have. And and it's possible that fastball just not the same as it was. Like velocity is not how to how to uh, low is not a good thing to judge for knowing how effective a fastball is. You could still throw a fastball hard. It's the it's the location. If you can't locate that fastball, that is the bigger issue, and that is the bigger telling sign to say that someone is not right. I, I know it's easy to second guess, right? Like we're all Monday morning quarterbacking this. He's like, been moves. bad since he's gotten here. There's no second guessing. No, something well, is not the same. I'm talking about the moves, right? Like, like Luis Castillo has been lights out even better with the Mariners than he was in Cincy. And Jordan Montgomery's obvious. Not, he's been the best pitcher acquired at the deadline. Okay, so great. But you look at it and it's just like, man, how do the Yankees keep whiffing on these things? If we find out later, and I will not be surprised, in fact, I almost expect it, that that Frankie Montas was not right coming over here, that's a that's a huge problem. He cleared that his medicals. Huge like huge problem. You, what is what is Cashman's word here? We do our due diligence on these CSI. players. Yeah, yeah, CSI Bronx on these guys and, and our medical staff cleared them and, and Frankie Montas, he's good to go. Like yeah. he, anyway, he, did, my, he did his due diligence. So so like Okay, but maybe they were wrong. Maybe they were wrong. If we find out, no, or if they were no. okay with a particular thing that just that they looked the other way, to be fine. No, no. If they if they saw uh, you know inflammation, but they didn't think it was serious, and they and they understood that a little bit of rest, bereavement. He was gone. How long was he away? A week. Plus? It was like uh, ten days or ten or eleven days in between days, starts. I the... So I was just reading a quote from Boone. It was an SI article written right after the trade, and Boone's quote was: "The only potential hookup is the shoulder." <laughs> Hookup? Hiccup. I, did I say hookup? Hiccup. Hiccup. He said, he said that recently? Boone, he said that in an essay. I'll, I'll go back uh, and I'll find I'll find the quote. Um, Boone. After the, after the acquisition or after he's been pitching for a minute? Here. This article was published on SI right after the trade, August 1st. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, he's got a full arsenal and weapons and the stuff that you look for at the top of the rotation. Boone told reporters following the trade, he's gone out and proven through the last couple of years that he has the kind of cal- he is that kind of caliber of pitcher. The only potential potential quote hiccup as Boone called it with Montes is his shoulder. Are you serious? The only <laughs> potential hiccup. Therefore they knew something. Okay, it's not a potential hiccup. It had been a hiccup when they acquired him, right? Let's 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 uh let's examine these words a little bit because I think there's something behind these words. The only hiccup he has had this year is the shoulder. Okay. If you said that, that is something. But when you talk about the only potential hiccup that you're saying that to me, when I think of potential, I'm thinking of forward thinking in the future is the shoulder that therefore they knew something was still up with the shoulder. Maybe it was a little still sore working back from it. The only potential hiccup means it could still be a hiccup. And that means they got damaged goods. That's what that means to me. Yeah, a potential hiccup is like, well, he he's unfortunately lost a member of his family, and he's going to be gone, and and you know there's going to be some problems. No, that is there. a current hiccup at the time. No, yeah, but what I'm saying is like a hiccup is not a shoulder injury for a pitcher. Like that that's that's not a hiccup. That's just a freaking yeah. massive wall in front of you. Whatever. Yeah, hiccup definitely not the right thing to talk about a uh, uh, you know a, a, an essential piece of a pitcher's body. Um, but the, the 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 problem for me is when I hear a potential hiccup, that means don't fully trust it. Don't fully know when he came over, not fully healthy, working back up from the shoulder. We'll see how it goes. Medical staff feels good about what it is because it's inflammation that it will be uh, subsided and he will be back at full strength. That is that is a uh, that is them expecting something to happen based on their opinion, based on their medical expertise. And I don't know if that's happened. And that's a that's a huge problem, man. That's a huge and the fact if you knew that also with giving up Montgomery for right. another fucking injured guy, 
right. You give up Montgomery for for what was not an immediate need on this team. Okay, I know they keep talking like Hicks has been bad, but I'm sorry. Center field was not an immediate need on the team because Judge has been just fine in center field. And if you need a defensive replacement, Tim LaCastro will do just fine. If it means keeping Jordan Montgomery, when you knew you're trading for a guy that has question marks because of his shoulder, and you're going to have to hopefully get Severino back at some point, which is not a given. And you might have to shut down Nestor Cortez because of innings, uh, innings pitching uh, limits. <laughs> like, I'm sorry. That's a massive gamble to take. Maybe they, maybe they were like, oh, we've got a 14 game lead. We can, we can take this risk. This is a calculated risk. Well, guess what? <laughs> guess what? You know, I'm, the, I'm serious. The, I think that was probably, that was definitely part of it. And, and oh, by the way, you have a kid named Cabrera in AAA who walks up here and just, knows what he's doing in every position every position i got some can can do everything on the field at at a at a really good level and has a bat like he's been fine it's like he's not like he's he puts good swings on the ball yeah i I mean and he's coming in doing this like i I expect him to be he's a he's a good player can i read one more quote from this article about montas boone said he's got a little bit of a bulldog presence i've i felt like out on the mound hearing that Hearing that's the kind of makeup he has, I think he'll look forward to pitching here, pitching in the stadium, and just being a part of this group. I don't think we've seen that bulldog mentality yet. I think I don't think I'm ready to say he doesn't have that bulldog mentality. But, but when I hear it. that, I hear about the, like I think about a, a grinder, a killer, like a guy who's just going to go out there and and you know bring a lot of of um, enthusiasm to the to the mound, bring a lot of energy, and and. Yeah, be able to 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 live on those moments to finish off a start, to finish off a start. That's what a bulldog bulldog a bulldog goes in there and finishes the job, uh, you know, with, with the same intensity that he starts the game with. That's what I'm expecting. And unfortunately, we're seeing him tire, potentially because of shoulder inflammation, uh, towards the end. And and that's that's that is something that that you know, unless they're another quarter zone shot or more rest, that ain't going away. It's a problem on Cabrera's fielding. He's it's almost crazy. He's got plus five defensive runs saved in right field so far and plus two at shortstop. This is in like minimal innings. Um, so it's been pretty he amazing. He looks very fluid done. out there. He looks very comfortable. So, you know, even if that's the case, you're you, like you said, center field was not a, a, a problem where you need to give up a guy that has been a very steady, effective pitcher. Um, that, oh, by the way, has a little bit of a bulldog in him to finish starts because he actually does. And we're seeing it even more when he's out there wearing the, the Cardinal red uh, for for a guy that's in a boot. When you had a kid and also in AAA who could come in here and play an effective right field, a very a good right field, and Judge can still play some center. And then you mix in somebody else in center. It, it was not a problem. not Certainly not enough of one to give up a... Uh, a good starting pitcher when you're bringing on someone this shoulder inflammation and you freaking knew it. But hey, he wasn't going to start a playoff game. So doesn't matter. It Why? changes a lot of things when you when you identify that Montas is coming over and not the guy that they that we all thought he was going to be. It changes things even more if we if we do find out or determine that he was truly damaged goods coming over i mean he he was damaged goods we know that because he was working back from a shoulder injury but if if he was worse than they thought and they gave up montgomery wow that's a massive failure that is a massive massive failure and and irresponsible to what this team was it's almost like a sabotage uh uh to the to the team like for real yeah all right that's gonna wrap up today's episode thank you guys so much for listening we'll be back at you uh probably do monday uh, either Sunday after the Tampa game or Monday morning. I know it's uh, what's that Labor Day? It's Labor Day, right? I always mess up. Labor Day. Yeah. Labor Day coming up. So we will talk to you guys then. Don't forget to call the voicemail line 646-480-0342. Always love hearing from you guys. Submit your mailbag questions. Um, and if they're good, we will read them. We have not been reading many because they have not been good. So step it up. All right. We'll talk to you then. Hey guys, thanks for listening to the Bronx Pinstripe Show. Make sure you find us on iTunes and subscribe so you can get all new episodes directly onto your phone. If you do like the show, we'd love for you to take a minute and give us a five-star rating and review in iTunes. It really helps us out and allows us to create more shows. 
We're on Twitter at Bronx Pinstripes and the same on Facebook. You can always find us there talking Yankee baseball. Thanks again, guys, for your support. Really appreciate it. And go Yankees. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus. You can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.